The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. I am so encouraged in my spirit on what God is doing here. Um, I was talking to one of our men this last week, and I just really was overcome. I, you know, there are not too many days, and I'm, I'm just going to be a little transparent with you. Um, there are not too many days I feel like, uh, I mean, usually every day I'm like, this is awesome. I love life. I love my life. It was great. That's kind of how I, I am. But, uh, but man, you know, last Sunday I was just like, man, I, I, and I'm never this way. I'm always, my wife's like, it was good. I'm like, I know. I mean, it's not overconfident, it's just, but last Sunday I was like, man, I I feel a good job with the bombs, I'm not a mom, I wish I was a mom. You know, I mean, I'm just, you know, and I'm just, I'm like, okay, God, and and you know what, because in my mind, you know, I I think all leaders, all people are this way, I always want to be there before I'm there. I can always see down the road. You know what I'm saying? We had the kids. That was exciting. Now I can see them leave. You know, it's just I always can see the next phase uh, of, of life. And, you know, three months ago, four months ago, we, when we came down here and started this, we had me, Katie, my kids, Katie's mom, and four college students. That was it. And, and, and so I, I'm like, all last week, I'm like, oh, what, God, what are you going to do? What? And then it was just one of those moments where it's like, you know, you just need to stop and relax and see that I'm doing it and I'm growing and I'm doing what I want to do and I'm producing and, and, and facilitating and strengthening. And, man, I was just encouraged. I was thinking, man, when we were over there, that little um, clubhouse and, you know, Courtney and Adam started to come, and we had some college students, and they mostly came for the free food. You know what I'm saying? They were like, what? Crackers and cheese? And <laughs> Hallelujah, I'll be there. <laughs> but, but now, I mean, they're starting to be couples, and people are texting, and, and they're starting to be this community. And I'm, I'm like, what? You know, and so I, I, I quickly um, came to my senses. But, you know, when God calls you to do some stuff, it's crazy. It's not always, you know, methodical. It's not always uh, intentional. It's not always on, a, on some sort of plan. Like, you know, we, I, I'm a, I, sometimes I like to like, you know, I like to work with people who know how to do graphs and charts. I'm not a graphs and charts person, but I want to see it. And so um, I, I'll tell you, when we started this, it didn't make sense coming to Rogers, moving down here, moving up here. It wasn't a calculated decision, but Katie and I believed that God was calling us to start something because God had touched our lives. And, and it wasn't just in that moment. It was when I was a young man. God had touched my life, and I remember it was moving, and it was a shift moment in my life, and I started to go somewhere different. That doesn't mean that from that moment to this moment I've been lived perfect because, you know what I'm saying, I have not. There's been many days where, you know, who do you say I am? I don't even know. But, 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 but there was that moment, you know what I'm saying? There was that moment in my life that there was a shift and God started to touch something in me. And I, let me just tell you, anything that God touches, it'll grow. Yeah. 
Anything that God touches, it'll grow. And God had touched my heart as a young man, and we are here because of that moment. And, and in your own life, you can identify with that moment in your life when God touched you. I don't know where you were. You could have been on a college campus. You could have been in a youth group. You could have been at a Bible study, a vacation. You could have been at another church. I don't know where you were, but that moment happened for you. And there's a moment that God got your attention, touched your heart, and from that moment to this, you've been working on being different. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Come on, there was a time when my heart was so hard and, you know, people would try to speak into my life. Parents would try, come on, uh, people, but my heart was so hard that because of either rejection or letdown or frustration or preconceived ideas that didn't happen and, and, and there, was, there was this hardness in me. And today as we start a conversation about baptism, baptism is a step to transformation. The journey of, tran uh, the journey of transformation starts when God touches your heart. And, and I want to look at a verse that we're going to op open up and really look at. But Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. And I know they're going to put it up here. Um, I have been using the, the, the Bible app that we have, the Bible um, program. But I, I do want to open my word just so that you should know that I have one uh, every now and then. But before we get into this and we actually start reading it, I want to break down what we're about to understand. In Acts chapter 2, it gets real. Okay? It, everything gets real. It changes. I mean, in Acts chapter 2, it's like, you know, ne next to Jesus being bored, angels singing, Jesus dying, people crying, Jesus raising again. I mean, there's big moments. I and mean, I'm not saying that there's, there's not big moments throughout the whole thing, but I'm just saying that Acts chapter 2 is a big Moment bigger than Trump versus Hillary, bigger, bigger than the Cavs versus the Warriors, bigger than the S&P 500. This was a big moment. And the disciples were told to wait for a helper. And they go and they have church in the upper room and it, it, it's fire. I mean, it, 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 it changes. God is moving. They come out and they get into conversations with this crowd. And Peter steps to the front. Now, if you know anything about Peter, Peter is uh, uh, quick on the tongue, but not always does it backed up with action. You know, he, 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 I don't know if he's the ADD disciple, but I know that he's like, bid me to come on the water. And Jesus is like, come on. And then all of a sudden he's drowning. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the, he just has that type of faith where I, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then... When he meets a little opposition, we know him to cave. Bid me to come on the water. Okay, come, cave. Jesus, I'm never going to leave you. I mean, if all these other disciples forsake you, your boy, Petey Pete, come on. I'm going to be there. And then three different times after Jesus was taken from the Garden of Gethsemane, he denies him. Peter is not known for standing up in the face of adversity. Something happens in the upper room where he 
comes to the front of the crowd and the Bible says that there are thousands of people there and dude just starts to preach. You know what I'm saying? Old school preaching. It wasn't like a 27-minute sermon. I mean, dude was just preaching. Took him back to the day. Talked about David. Talked about, put it all together. And I, he just began to throw down. And his sermon wasn't soft and lovey-dovey. He didn't use words that bring everybody together. Look, he wasn't divisive, but he spoke the truth. He spoke the truth in love. And I, 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 I want to look a little bit at the end of this conversation. He starts to talk about Jesus who God sent, who did miracles, signs, and wonders. This is all before, right before we're getting ready to read. Well, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing chapter 2, verse 1, to about 35. Okay, and we're going to start in 36. But basically what Peter says is, Jesus who God sent, who did all the miracle signs and wonders before you, you witnessed them, was given and put, into, put to death, raised again, which we all witnessed. Jesus, the one who was crucified, is the Christ, is the Messiah, and is the anointed one. That's basically what he threw down. And now let's look at the scripture. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? After the preacher got done, Peter's preaching, and Peter lays the smack down, the men of the crowd look at Peter and the apostles, and they say, all right, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Look at this. And then 38. And then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins so that you will receive the free gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, your children, and to all who are afar, far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Let's look at this. It's amazing to me that as we are in this conversation, this is the first sermon that's been preached since Jesus left. And the first thing that is said is repent and be baptized. As we look through this text, I want us to see some stuff. The very beginning it says, Therefore let the house, not, not, it was not our house, but I thought it was cool, um, <laughs> of Israel know assuredly that God has made Jesus, whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. You see how it is, it's important. 
for the disciples to go to the house of Israel because they were in covenant with God. They had a covenant relationship with God and it was important whoever was going to hear about the good news, the gospel, even the next stage which is the Holy Spirit, whoever's going to hear about that first, it's going to be my people in my covenant. Now, what is God showing us? That no matter what you've done, no matter where you've no matter where you've gone, God shows his love by sending a message to those who can be set free who are in the family. If we're going to see great revival, if we're going to see God do something great, even in northwest Arkansas, we've got to get the house in order. And, 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 and I'm talking about the house as the Bible Belt. We've got people who have grown up in church that have walked away from church. And these were people who grew up understanding the covenant, the law of Moses, but they never accepted Jesus as Christ. And Peter had to break it down for them and say, this the guy? This is who we've been waiting for. This is the Messiah. This is the Christ. And they come and they repent. Listen, I don't know where you're at. Maybe you grew up knowing better and you're in a position where you're just, you don't even know what you believe anymore. You just don't know. You don't, your faith is kind of on the back burner. It's just kind of on the, on the back, kind of shelved. It's, it's like, I know God. I, I, I like God. I, I like the concept of Jesus. But, but is it real? What I love to see is that Jesus is coming and saying, I'm thinking about you. God is sending Peter because I'm thinking about you. God sent this friend. God sent this church. God sent people because I'm thinking about you. I don't want you to struggle in unbelief. I don't want you to be almost really close to it but never in it. I don't want you to be around it I don't, and never influenced by it. I am sending someone to you. Maybe there is someone in your life that God is sending to you because he loves you. Yes, they annoy you. Yes, they always talk about, what are you reading? What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> And you lie. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but maybe that person is the one to kind of bring you back. Because while you may see it as annoying, God is saying, I'm chasing you. I'm trying to touch your heart. I'm trying to come in and I'm trying to touch your heart because I have a plan for your life. Just like I had a plan for Israel. I have a plan for this covenant. I have a plan for the Bible Belt. I have a plan for young Christians that have gone away, that have been hurt in church, de-churched, unchurched, no church. I've got a plan for people. And the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to come in and I'm going to try to bring you back. Listen, a spiritual breakout happens in Acts chapter 2. But they start laying the foundation of who Jesus is. And I believe that God can do the same thing in this place, in northwest Arkansas. We want a church that sees the lost find Jesus. Yeah. We want to see, have a church that, that people who don't act like us and look like us... 
they can belong, that we are, we are, listen, the worst thing that we can do is be so comfortable with one another that we never see the visitor, we never see the new person. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Tucker is here with us, and I've known him for about three or four years, and right before we started service, he said, man, everybody greeted me. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's... That's the kind of church I want. I don't want a church that we're focused on. If I don't sit in my row. Like, like oh my God, they're in my seat. They're in my seat. I, that's, I, that's, that's my seat. If I don't have my seat, I, they, oh, I just don't know if I can worship. They knew we sat there. Like we're talking about eternity. We're talking about heaven and hell. And, and, and it's amazing how we get so off on things that don't matter. Oh my God, the kids check in. Oh. There's only like 17 kids. Why do we have iPods anyway? iPads, it doesn't matter. Just let them go in. Don't, just give me a number. Ah, oh, the bathroom. And it's amazing how so many, the par, you see that person cut me off in the church parking lot? I'm showing you the one way to G heaven. Y'all, I, I mean, it's just amazing how we just get off of our game. We were going to church. And a kid spilled something or, or, or we, we had to do something with our car or the, the blinker light didn't work. or it, It's just a, oh, oh. you're needed here. And, and the reason that God sent the disciples to the covenant people is because you guys are needed to make this thing work. You're needed to make this thing work. I, I mean, th th there are people here that you're going to connect with and go to coffee and meet. I was talking to a, a couple that's moving here. In fact, they close on their house on Wednesday, and they'll be here. They have um, there's six of them, four kids and, and the married couple. And I, as I talked to him, he, just, he said, hey, yeah, I just got off uh, the phone talking to Nathan. I mean, he was encouraged. It was, I mean, that, that is what we're trying to to create, but in order to do that, you have to be invested. And it's not so much just invested in the house, but you have to be invested in your faith because only when you're invested in your faith will you say, I decrease, so he increases. Listen, come on, in Acts, Chapter 2, verse 37, it says at the end of the verse, what shall we do? What, what shall we do? He alone is the answer for the hurting. He alone is the source of strength. In Him we live. Come on, somebody. Move. And we understand who we are. The Bible says we have our being. That means we understand that I didn't come from some evolutionary process. That doesn't mean that gas combusted six billion years ago and I just kind of, oh, hey, what's up? You know, I mean, as Christians, yeah, I mean, yeah. We believe in evolution within species. But there was a originator, there's a designer. If you pulled out your cell phone, nobody came up with a cell phone but did not have an intended use for it. <laughs> that, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, Steve Jobs, whoever. You know, but they thought, how can we make phones people play with? You know, I mean, I, and then we have it. 
You are here by design. There is something you are called to do. You are not an accident. There is something that God did and he created life and you are a byproduct of that. You are not an accident. I found it interesting. The first thing that Peter says is repent and be baptized. So why is it so hard to repent? You may think, well, it's easy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 Repentance isn't just being sorry. It's more than an emotion. Repentance is an action. It's an action. It involves restitution. I remember in school, I had this one teacher. Oh, she annoyed me. I remember her name. I remember her face. And I would get in trouble a lot in school. I was just that kid. I would get in trouble a lot. And, and she would call me over and I would get in trouble. But I had an emotion about getting in trouble because I knew if I get home, I'm going to be beat. I mean, you know what I'm saying? My mom was a single mom. She was like, I'm going to hit you from here to there. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I'm sorry. Um, and I would always say I'm sorry instantly. I'm sorry. And so finally one day she was like, I was about to say I'm sorry. And she goes, stop. Do not apologize. Do not say you're sorry to me one more time. I'm looking at her like, okay, I'm never going to be sorry. I'm not. She, and then she followed it up with, you say you're sorry, but your actions never show that you're sorry. So you're saying something that you don't believe and you're not doing. I walked away. I was like, you don't know me. But really, you know what? She knew me better than I knew myself. Yeah. It's very easy to go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but never really repent. Yeah. Repent means to turn away. Okay, you feel bad, but if you feel bad and don't change, then it's not repentance. You know, and I'll tell you, even John the Baptist told the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. In other words, if you say you're sorry, but there are not the fruits of repentance, you're not sorry. It has to follow, your words have to follow these fruits. And then now, uh, well, wow, you're looking sorry. Wow, you look, no, okay, okay. You're different. If we truly repent, that means not that we just say, I'm sorry, but that we do whatever we can to make it right, if possible. We do whatever we can to make it right. If you blew it, you're going to blow it. But many people feel like repentance is heavy but repentance is a gift that God sent to free your soul. Because without repentance, you would just carry the weight. Repentance is a gift. Come on, repent. David messed up. He repented. But then he, there was an action. We've got to do actions. Come on, in our marriage, in our parenting, in our life, with our boss, with our people, with, with relations. Don't talk about how, yeah, I want to do better with my sister. Yeah, I'm sorry, I haven't really called you. You're not sorry. Pick up the phone. 
Something like, okay, move on, move on. <laughs> like I got real quiet there. Sorry. Listen, I don't know where you're at today, but someone will allow God to touch their heart because if you do, something will start to burn in here. And, and some of you, is there still that burning to know Jesus? Is there still that burning in you? Is there still that, that, that burning? Because what if the house today, what if in this house, men, women, husbands, wives, parents, adults, what if they would ask, God, whatever you want to do in my life? Because when God touches your heart, things change. When you see God touch your heart, everything begins to change. What is it about a touch? While a touch is pleasant, absolutely, it's an important part of life. Touch is vital for a child's development, both cognitively and emotionally. Studies show that even your immune system does not develop properly without touch. The Touch Research Institute at Miami, at the University of Miami, showed studies that said that therapeutic massages can be useful for a number of physical and mental ailments. What I'm trying to tell you is touch is important. It's an important part of our relationship. When touch forges, forges trust and security and intimacy, if touch is so important to our physical bodies, then who wants to touch our spirit? We are made up of three parts. First Thessalonians 5, 23 says, and the, very, and the very God of peace satisfies you wholly. And I pray God, your, and I pray God, your whole spirit and your soul and your body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus. We are three parts, not just one part. We are body. Our five senses, our functions, our soul is our personality, our conscious and subconscious minds of what we think and how we feel. But our spirit, come on, spiritual, meaning, purpose, love, freedom. We are three parts, not one. God wants to connect with your spirit, and today the Word has the power to come in and change your life. I remember as a young man, there was that moment that happened for me. And it started, and I didn't know how to live it. I didn't get doctrine first. I just knew that I wanted to do something with my life. And when I bought in, when the Holy Spirit impacted my life, where I knew I wasn't an accident, something was in me, there was a God-given purpose and destiny and potential, there was something in me, and I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how old you are, where you're at in your life, what's going on with your job, there is a purpose and a calling of God that He wants to use you and move through you. You know, the way I look at it is that, you know, we're the hose. He's the substance. We get to direct Him and He gets to change. He gets to water he gets to do. Freedom is a huge step. And so here Peter is preaching and they say, what do we do? What do we do? 
And basically what Peter says is, be free and commit. Be free and commit. Repent and be baptized. Be free and commit. Be free and commit. Because you will never commit if you're not free. You can't commit. I can't commit to come over to your house if my schedule is not what? Free. You know what I'm saying? I cannot commit if I'm not free. Baptism is a vital step through the transformation process. Once you've repented from your sins, the next part is to place your faith and your trust in Jesus. Baptism happens when you understand the life of Christ, His life, His death, and His resurrection. That's going to be the thing that moves you to deeper waters. Well, how can I trust someone I don't even know? How can I trust Jesus? I don't know that dude. He didn't come to my house. He didn't fix me tacos. How can I? I, I, I mean, how, how do I... Okay, well, think about it. We trust all the time. You trust that your car's going to work. You trust that that chair's going to hold you up. We trust that, that, that as crazy as our government is, that if someone invades, they're still going to pick up arms and protect the citizens of America. Right? We trust, we, we don't, we trust the teachers who teach our children that while there's some crazy teachers, and, no, and sometimes we see them on the news. We still believe that there are some teachers that have given their life to develop and mentor and help young people reach their goals. You trust that, even though you don't know every teacher. The fact is that everyone already believes in something. You believe in the power of yourself. You believe in the security of a degree. You believe in the fulfillment of a relationship in your life? And my, my encouragement to you is, here are the crowd, and here is Peter, and he is saying, be free and commit. What is baptism? Baptism, the word, a Greek word, baptizo, which means to submerge, to come under, you are buried with Christ and you are raised anew. And it is an outward manifestation of an inward truth. And so to, 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 uh, next Sunday, we'll, we have a portable baptistry and we're going to set it outside. And we're going to come and do service and I'm going to teach a little bit more on baptism. And then I believe that there's going to be four or five, six, seven of you that you've never been baptized or I mean, you've fallen away from the Lord and, and you want to be baptized. And, and there is a spiritual connection between your salvation, your commitment, that I'm going to leave this old life and I'm going to be raised anew. And now the focus of my life, you're not going to be perfect when you come out that water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You have a dirty house when you go in. You're going to have a dirty house when you come out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the focus of my life, Paul said it, it is not I who live, but it is Christ who lives within me. That I may decrease. Come on, somebody. And that he may increase. And so when we, 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 we take the plunge, 
We're not swimming. I'm just we have to swim at church. It's awesome. It's symbolic. We, we have things all the time. When you walk and you, you see the three crosses, it's symbolic. We wear wedding rings because it's symbolic. You know what I'm saying? You can't have me, I don't want you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. uh, it's symbolic. And, but, but, but listen, listen. When we, when, we, when we die and raise again, it's symbolic. And some of us need to take that next step because it's another level of committing. That's why we're spending time talking about baptism. And you can only do this if Jesus is touching your heart. Because the Bible says that it's the Spirit of God that draws all men unto Him. I'm not drawing you to the house. And I'm not drawing you to Stephen Sexton. I'm not drawing you to Katie. It is the Spirit of God. But what we have to do is we have to recognize when God is touching I'm, I've been saved, but I'm not committed. I got free, but I never enlisted. There was a group of men that said, what do we need to do? And I'm praying that there will be some of us, come on up, Nick, that will say, what do we need to do? What's my next step? I can't be stagnant. I can't just stay in one place. I, I don't, I don't want to just come to church and throw a couple bucks in the plate and leave. I, I, I want to grow. I want to become a minister of the gospel. I want to do what I can do to live my life and do something. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that the takeaway for today is this. Here's the takeaway. It's not that. The takeaway for us is three things that I want you to get today as we talk. The first is that God has not forgotten about you. Your dreams, God has not forgotten about you. What you want, God has not forgotten. God sent the disciples to the house of it. You are not forgotten. The second thing is repentance is more than just an emotion. The third takeaway is baptism is a vital step to your progress in transformation. You guys stand up with me. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at The House, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.